Well, good morning. Happy 4th of July. Uh, anybody guess what our series or sermon is about today? Anybody guess? Anybody? No. You can yell it out. Yeah. What do you got? What do you got? You give me a what, what William Wallace, right? Freedom, right? Or whatever it is, right? Yes, uh, we're going to be talking about freedom this morning uh, on 4th of July. It seems, to, seems appropriate there. Uh, before we get to that, though, uh, well, we're in a message series, a really short one here. Uh, last week and this week, give me a break is what we're going to be talking about. Uh, and we're talking about freedom this morning. Uh, before we get to that, though, my name is Pete Smith. Um, I've been here for about a month here at Hope Ames. Uh, have been, it's been an awesome month. It's been so great. Uh, I'm the youth and family minister here. Uh, and I started, like I said, about a month ago with, uh, and Carrie Birchka also, she's somewhere around here, I think, right? Oh, there she is right here. Hey, Carrie. We can all say, hi, Carrie. She's down there. Hi, Carrie. Uh, she just started as well about a month ago. She's our youth and, ministry, uh, youth and family uh, ministry coordinator. Uh, and so we've been having a lot of fun getting ready for VBS and Hope Kids and Power Life and Ignition, all sorts of fun things that we're going to be doing here with our families. So uh, if you want to get on board, we're ready for you. Come on board. We'd love to have you. Um, I would like to introduce myself a little bit more uh, with my family too, if that's cool. I, I've got, uh, we live here in Ames. Uh, when we, we've, we're both from Iowa. My wife, Marta, is over there. And my son, five-year-old guy, back here. Uh, we grew up in Iowa, Marta and I did. We've, but we've moved to like, we lived in Denver for a few years. We moved, in, moved and lived in Pennsylvania for a few years. And now we're back. Uh, I'm not new to Hope necessarily. Uh, I was working down at Hope Ankeny for the last three years or so doing youth and family down there. Uh, but we, when we moved back to Iowa, we moved to Ames because we, we love Ames. We think it's such a great city to live in and, and wanted to be a part of this community. And so we're excited to be a part of Hope Ames now. So thanks for having us here. It's gonna, we're just so excited to see what God's going to do. It's, yeah, you don't have to clap, but it's all good. Praise God, right? We're going to talk about that, like the journey, I guess, of, of all this here in a little bit. But uh, God is definitely in the process of all these things. Like I said, we're going to talk about freedom this morning. Is there a topic for the morning where you're talking about freedom? When I think about freedom, I think about the 4th of July, right? We think about fireworks. Last night we were driving, uh, my, Marta and I were driving back north up the interstate, and it was at about 9, 9.30 or so, and there were just fireworks everywhere. I love that Iowa, when we left, it was illegal to have fireworks in Iowa, and Definitely got in trouble by the law at least one time when I was a kid. And now it's fun that we can shoot off some fireworks, which is cool. Not in city limits, kids, though. It's not that. Um, so I think about fireworks and freedom in those ways, right? I also, I think there's some other milestones that I can think of in my life where all of a sudden a huge chunk of freedom kind of comes and is a part of your life, right? And maybe you can follow and track with me on this, some of you at least. Like when you got your driver's license, <laughs> that was a big chunk of freedom that was given there, right? All of a sudden, you are no longer uh, restricted by if your parents can take you to some place or maybe older friends or siblings, right? Brothers and sisters to drive you around. You could drive yourself. Freedom, right? Oh, you could drive wherever you want to go. You could drive maybe kind of whenever you wanted to. You could drive, figure out how safe or unsafe you want to be as you're getting there. There's all sorts of freedom that comes from that, right? And then another one that I could think of too was uh, after high school, maybe moving out of the house or moving into college, whatever it might be, all of a sudden parents aren't around. There's, there's another big chunk of freedom that comes to that. Now for me, it was college. And so going to college and it's like, okay, do I get up for class or do I sleep in? Do I stay up late or do I study? Do I, uh, or with friends, do we order pizza at, after 10 o'clock at night and play video games or watch a movie, right? There's freedom there that I didn't have when I was in high school and now I have. There's some big chunks of freedom 
And we experience this free, these kind of freedoms all throughout life, but I feel like these are some big moments, at least, uh, that I can recollect of freedom. And I'm sure we all can experience those moments of freedom that we experience. But the freedom we're going to talk about today is not that kind of freedom. It's not fireworks. It's not driver's license. It's not 10 o'clock pizza. But what we're going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about this freedom in Christ. This freedom that comes from uh, Jesus' death on the cross. This freedom that comes from his blood covering our sins. That's the freedom we're going to talk about this morning, which is better than driver's license. It's better than 10 o'clock pizza. It's even better than fireworks. This freedom that we get to experience each and every day. Uh, Our scripture reading for this morning was from Galatians chapter 5. This happened just a little bit before uh, our scripture reading, but I thought it was super cool because it kind of shows us where this freedom comes from. Let's read this together. Would you guys read this on the screen with me? Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up in slavery to the law. Yeah, Christ has set us free. You are truly free. Free from what? Like, what are we free from that Christ has set us free from? Like, what is that thing? What is that thing that has set us free? Sin. And I don't think, and, and it says, Jesus has set us free from this sin, this disconnect with God, this broken relationship. And I feel like throughout the whole Bible, we have this theme of freedom that happens. From Genesis to Revelation, we see this freedom. Uh, you read the first couple of verse, or chapters in Genesis and you have Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 and you have uh, you know, the creation story and we have God creating everything and everything is good. God, it's just exactly how God wants it to be. There's a relationship that's there. And then it doesn't take long. It just takes a couple of chapters and then all of a sudden we mess it up. We mess up this relationship. We mess up exactly how God wanted it to be. Sin enters the world, right? And this freedom, this relationship is torn apart. This freedom is gone. And then the rest of the Old Testament, and I think in the New Testament too, talking about this freedom that comes through Christ. But the rest of the Old Testament is this wanting to get back to that connection. The wanting to get back to this freedom that was experienced in God's creation before sin. Over and over again, we see battles, we see kings, we see wars, we see people struggling, we see sacrifices being made in the Old Testament, seeking that freedom. One story I feel like that really kind of shows this freedom is the story of Exodus. And we have the Exodus, we have the Israelites, we have this God's chosen people living in Egypt. And they got there because they followed Joseph in his technicolor dream coat, right? Like they, they, there's a famine and they wanted to get to Egypt. There's food in Egypt. And so they, Joseph hooked them up and they followed them to Egypt. But then after years and years and years of being there, they became enslaved. They were making bricks for Pharaoh. And so they were crying out to God, free us, free us, free us. And God sends Moses to free them, right? And so after some uh, negotiations, if you will, we can call it that, we have freedom that comes. And so they escape, they leave Egypt as quickly as they can. And as they are escaping Egypt, Pharaoh decides he doesn't want to just lose that free labor. He wants them back, and so he sends his army. And all of a sudden, we see this freedom that they just obtained is being threatened, isn't it? Like there's this, there's this uh, somebody coming after them, trying to reclaim them, bring them back to the slavery, to the bondage that they have had. And in front of them is the Red Sea, if you remember. And so they get there and they're like, what are we going to do? We have Pharaoh behind us. We have the sea in front of us. Oh, I guess we're done. Back to slavery. 
No more freedom. And then God does something unexpected. He does something unexpected. He parts the waters, right? And they walk across the Red Sea to freedom. See, and I think that's what's cool is that over and over again, when we experience this freedom, it's when God shows up in an unexpected way. Another way and I, that, that I think mirrors Exodus, and it's no coincidence, I don't think, that this mirrors Exodus, is the unexpected way of Jesus. You see, all throughout the Old Testament, there's these prophecies proclaiming that there's going to be a Messiah. There's going to be somebody that comes to save. And over and over again, they, they're, they're, they're talking about this. And, and after a while, they, they think, okay, it's going to be a political leader. It's going to be somebody that's going to come and overthrow Rome. Or whoever's in charge, right? That's who's going to come. Somebody that we can follow and go. And what they didn't expect was that the person, the Messiah, was going to die on a cross like a criminal. Unexpected. That was an unexpected twist to this centuries-long process of, uh, or a prophecy of the Messiah. Unexpected. So he dies on the cross. And... What do we do next? It feels like, you know, we're, we're, again, we're at the River Jordan and we saw this freedom that was coming and water's in front of us. But then again, he raises from the dead. Another thing that's so unexpected, just like the water's parting and, and walking through on dry land, we have the Messiah raised and our sins are forgiven. I don't think there's a coincidence there. And I think that if you look back at your lives, as you start processing like different moments in your life, I feel like you're going to see these ways that God has shown up unexpectedly in your life, has brought this freedom through Jesus in your life. And, and as I was thinking about that in mind, I, one of them that I could think about uh, was when I graduated from college. When I graduated from college, I, uh, I graduated with a degree in education. I was going to supposed to be a high school or middle school social studies teacher. It was what I was supposed to be. And so I graduated with this degree from education, and, and I applied to all these, a ton of schools across Iowa. As many schools as I, applied to, or I could apply to, I applied to. I just, it didn't matter to me. It's big town, small town. I just, I knew I needed to get a job. I'm like, that's what the next thing you're supposed to do, right? So I applied to all these schools, and uh, I was hearing back from some, I had some interviews for some, but nothing was really panning out and I needed to do something and I needed to make some money. And so uh, in the su that summer, I called up Okoboji Lutheran Bible Camp. Uh, I had some friends that were there. I would worked there a couple summers before as a counselor. And so I called them up and I was like, do you need anything? I'll do whatever you need. I just need a job and I like to do, do it at Okoboji. And they said, yeah, you know what? Pete, we need a day camp leader. How does that sound? It's like, well, yeah, that sounds good. I had fun at my day camp. I'd love to go and do it. And it was one of the best summers ever. It was so much fun. You go and you take counselors and you do like vacation Bible school at churches around Iowa. And it's, it was just, a, it was a good time. But here's where God showed up unexpectedly was not that uh, I got this job as a day camp leader or whatever, but during the training as a day camp leader, I met somebody, her name was Bree, and she was doing the training and she worked at Riverside uh, Lutheran Bible College. Yeah, Riverside, right on. And so she worked there. And when she, was, uh, when she was during our training, she was trying to fill some spots for this thing called the YMT, the Youth Ministry Team, where you work part-time at the camp and you work part-time at a church as a youth director. And so she's like, Pete, have you ever thought about doing YMT? And I'm like, you know, I'm applying for jobs. I'm supposed to be a teacher and I'm just applying for these jobs. And so, no, nope, I'm not interested at all. And so as the summer's going on, I'm praying and I'm interviewing at different places and nothing's panning out. And I just felt God pulling me unexpectedly towards this YMT thing. 
Not my plans. That's not what I was planning on doing. That's not where I thought I would be in the next year. Uh, but instead, I did it. And I, and I, I went to Riverside. I worked uh, as a YMT there uh, and worked at a church uh, in West Des Moines. And it was awesome. It was so much fun. It was a great year. I met some amazing friends that I'm still uh, tight with today. And, and God worked in amazing ways. And it was completely unexpected. And from that point on, I stayed at Riverside full-time for a few more years and then went to Denver area and was a, worked at a church there as a youth director for about six years or so. Then went out to Pennsylvania uh, and worked at a Lutheran camp out there as the associate director for another six years or so. Totally unexpected. Never would have guessed I was going to be in Denver or in Pennsylvania. And now I'm back here. And that unexpected change from education to hope, being here at Hope, uh, that was completely not in my plans. It was completely unexpected and God showed up. And like I said, I think we could all imagine, right? There's moments in our lives where it's like, yeah, this, 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 this was very unexpected. God showed up in a different way here than I expected it to show up, him to show up. A story that I could think of uh, that I kind of was reminded to me this week in the, uh, from scripture is another way that Jesus kind of showed up in an unexpected way. It comes from the book, of John chapter 5. So if you have your Bibles, you're going to open up with me if you want, or your Bible apps to John chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 1. This is where Jesus uh, heals the lame man. He heals this man who uh, has been sick for a long time. So it says this. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men laying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew how long he had been ill, and he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I am trying to get there, someone else always gets in ahead of me. Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your sleeping mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up the mat and began walking. I love this story because what's so interesting to me is that this man has been there like 38 years. That's a long time. He's been having this illness for 38 years. He's probably been stuck on that mat for 38 years. And I'm sure that it sounds like, you know, every time he tries and he's going to try to uh, get to the well, like I said, to heal and this water that is supposed to heal people, that's his plan. Right? That's what he's going to do. He's going to get to this well and become healed, and it never happens. And then all of a sudden, along comes Jesus. And if you keep reading in, in, the, in the story here, uh, he does not know who Jesus is. Like, he gets asks, asked afterwards, like, who healed you? He's like, I don't know. I don't know who healed me. And then he found out later that it was Jesus. He doesn't know who healed him. And so instead, he sees this person, which I'm sure that he, sees, he would see a lot of people walk by, and I'm sure he asks this question over and over again every day for 38 years, would you help me get to the pool, right? I'm sure he asked that question, just because he just saw a man walking. And I love what Jesus says, would you like to get well? Now, I think that uh, this is, has multiple meanings, right? I think it's, would you like, he probably took, the man probably took it as, would you like to be healed? I think Jesus meant more than that, right? As Jesus usually does, he means more than what he asks and what he says. Would you like to get well? And then Jesus totally flips the script here. He does something completely unexpected. 
And instead of picking the man up or helping him or however it would be needed to get over to the pool, he tells him to, to pick up his mat and walk. Pick up your mat and walk. Now that is not what, I, if I was that guy, that is not what I would want for them to tell me, right? That is not where I'd want, what I'd expect to happen or anything like that. I'd be like, what? Are you kidding me? I thought I had a guy that was going to help me out here. He asked me if I wanted to get well, and now he's just telling me to pick up my mat and walk. I'd be a little let down, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you be a little let down? Like, ah, this, this isn't fine. I'm just, I'm going to be here for another 38 years. But he says, pick up your mat and walk. And I'm sure that out of jest, or maybe, I don't know, I would at least, I would be out of jest, I'd be like, okay, whatever, and just show them that I can't do that. And all of a sudden, I'm walking. Wow. Unexpected, right? Totally unexpected. Not what this man planned, not what this man thought was his healing was going to look like. Completely unexpected. And this is the freedom that we get to experience. This freedom, this unexpected freedom that comes from Christ. We get to live free. And now what's amazing though is that this freedom that we experience means that we could do whatever, right? We could do however, live, live a life that is holy to Christ. And, and, and what does that look like? That looks like love. Uh, later on in Galatians uh, from, the, from the reading today, we talk, it talks a little bit about this. Paul talks a little bit about this. It says, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. You see, we're free. Our sins have been forgiven. This, this relationship has been restored once again. It is our relationship is how God wants it and intended it to be. Through Christ, through the blood of the cross, uh, we, have been re- we have been restored. But that doesn't mean then that we can just carry on in our normal ways. And, and no, that means that we get to then not we have to, but we get to live out this love. Live out this love that we experience. We get to then share that with others. We're, we're told to share that with others, right? To use the freedom that we experience to help other people feel free, live free. I like podcasts. I listen to podcasts. Uh, and this last week, I was listening to a podcast about irrigation Riveting, right? Yeah, irrigation. That was the podcast I was listening to. And what was interesting, though, was uh, it was actually really good. Uh, and what was interesting, though, I was introduced to this gentleman over here. His name is Simka Blas. And um, he was around in like the 1930s or so. Uh, he was an engineer. And he was an uh, engineer that was interested in irrigation. And so as he was, uh, he wanted to like figure out a way to irrigate land that where water is not very plentiful, like some semi-arid or arid places in the world. And that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to irrigate this land and figure out how he could do that. And so Simca was, uh, one day he was walking around in the Mediterranean and he saw three trees uh, sitting over in, the, in a field. And so he's like, oh, okay, cool, three trees. But he noticed that one of, the three of, one of the three trees, the one in the middle, was way larger than the other two on the sides. And he's like, how is this possible? There's three trees, they're right next to each other. How is it possible that this one in the middle is so much bigger than the other two? So he went over there, he was curious, and he went over and went over to the roots and he started kicking a little bit, you know, moving some, some of the dirt and kicking around and just looking. 
kick in with some more. And then all of a sudden he dug a little bit deeper and he found an irrigation pipe that was running right over the roots. There's an irrigation pipe, somebody's irrigation pipe running in. And so he went over to it and he looked and he, he kind of checked it out. And right where two of them were joined together, right at a junction point of, one, of two of them, there was a bit of, there's just a little drip of water that was coming out of that irrigation pipe, just a little drip. And it was dripping onto the roots of this middle tree. And he thought, wow, what a difference. Just a little tiny bit of water makes in comparison to these other two trees that were struggling. Cool story. Uh, for me, though, what I started to think about was, what does that look like in my faith? What does that look like in my life? Like, am I one of these trees that are struggling on the side, or am I that tree in the middle? Am I receiving drips and drips and drips of God's love, God's grace, God's mercies? Am I, am I in the word? Am I praying? Am I doing these things to be able to get filled up and grow? Or am I one of those trees on the side? How about you? Where are you at today? Are you one of those trees, the tree in the middle, this tree that is drip, 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 drip? Or is your faith kind of stagnant on the sides? For me personally, honestly, uh, I, I, I waver between the two. I really do. I, I, I desire for that middle tree, but there are times in my life and sometimes periods longer than I care to even admit that I'm one of those side trees. And when I, when I started to think about that and, and why am I one of those side trees, three things kind of came up in my head of like, okay, here's why. I think this is the reason why I'm one of those trees. Um, first one is there's a temptation that I have of being complacent. There's temptation of complacency. Like I, I become complacent in my life. I like being comfortable. I don't know about you, everybody, like, but I love being comfortable. Anybody else like comfort? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Air conditioning in the hot summer. It's great. Uh, a nice warm shower. Oh, so good, right? We, I like the comforts. Um, and so sometimes in my faith, I get that way as well. I feel the comfort and, and instead of um, growing, I just stay where I'm at. But we know that that's not the way things work, right? I remember, uh, like, I like to run. I'm no, not like Danny, like, he's fast. I'm not very fast, but I like to run. And the beginning, when, like, if you stop running for a while and then you have to start again, that's hard. It's not very comfortable. But you, I know, though, like, okay, eventually we're going to get to that point, right? And so maybe you've experienced that or, or something else that you've done before, and then all of a sudden you've stopped, and it's hard to get back going again because it's not comfortable. But that's where growth comes. Growth comes in that discomfort. Drip, 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 right? Uh, in Revelation, they t uh, we, we read a little bit about this idea of comfort and complacency, so in Revelations uh, chapter 3, it says this. It says, But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Jesus is telling us that, right? That, that he does not want us to be lukewarm or comfortable like that or complacent. No. We need to be striving and moving forward and, and working uh, to uh, better love others, right? To serve God in the ways that we are called to serve. Second thing for me that I found is that a lot of times I like to do things by myself. 
I like to find this freedom by myself. I like to, to strive to get things done by myself. So like at home, you know, like doing a project, like I just want to sit down and just get the project done on my own or whatever it might be, right? In my faith as well, I like to find freedom by myself. I like to... Uh, Say, I, get, I can do this on my own. I don't need people around. I can, I can, yep, quiet time by myself or whatever it is and got it. But that's not how it works, is it? And that's why I'm so excited about my family. We're so excited about being here in Ames is that now we're part of the community at the church. We're at a church where we're in the community and we're just excited to do life with you. And we can do life together. That's my hope for you as well right? That we're not just going to be lone wolves out there, but instead we are going to reach out. We're going to be together. We're going to do this together. The last one is that a lot of times too, I fall for a false freedom. I don't know if you're like me or not, but you think about things, right? Ah, Bigger house, better car. Maybe it's more money or a promotion at work or whatever it might be, right? There's always that next thing, That'll make things right again. (laughs) Now, that's this false freedom, isn't it? That's this false thing that's in front of us where it's like, just, oh yeah, I just got to strive for that and I'm good and then I'll be fine. I'll be free. But that's not true, is it? That's not how we find freedom. In Matthew uh, chapter six, it tells us a little bit about this and it talks a little about this. It says, no one can serve two masters for you'll hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. We have this freedom that we've been given. We have this freedom that we've been provided through Christ. And we've had some amazing ways that that Jesus is speaking to our lives here and now. So I hope my prayer for you today, I think I want you to, like the nugget I want you to take away from is just this. Which tree are you? And which tree do you desire to be? in your faith? Like, do you want to be that tree in the middle with that drip, 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 drip? How do we get there? Uh, through the word, right? Through, through reading scripture, we're able to connect with God and, and learn and grow and apply it to our lives. Drip, drip, drip. I get a daily verse emailed to me every day. It's free and you just, you can sign up, you'll find it online or whatever. And again, it's just kind of that, another drip in the morning when I log onto my computer and check my email. Drip, drip, drip. Through prayer, another way that we can connect and we can have that, that, that drip on our faith, right? On our tree. Being together in community, coming to worship on Sundays and being plugged into a life group and drip, drip. Serving others out of love and compassion and grace, out of this freedom that we experience. Drip, drip. So my prayer for you is this, that today and this week as you kind of contemplate, am I living a complacent life or am I feeling God's love drip on me? Another way that Jesus kind of was unexpected was the night that he was betrayed, he, uh, which was Passover, which I, again, don't think was a coincidence whatsoever. Passover, this referencing back to Exodus, right? This happened right as they were set free from Egypt. Jesus and his disciples were gathered and, and, uh, in a room, and as they were there, during the meal, Jesus took the bread. He broke it, he gave thanks, and he said, this is my body 
broken for you and all people. Eat this in remembrance of me. And then later that night, he took the cup. He blessed it, he thanked it, and he said, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant shed for you and all people. Take and drink. So we're going to enter into a time of communion here in a moment. And uh, what we have is we have a, uh, hopefully you've received a cup. Otherwise, we have ushers that are around, passing them around. If you do not have one, you can kind of flag one down. It's a two-parter. So the top part, you're going to peel off and you'll, you'll find your wafer. And then the bottom part is the juice. Remember that dripping. It's a little bit of juice, right? But it fills our soul. Drip, drip, 